Do bars yeah, have stronger I, Wi-Fi? Is that what you just meant? No, but if you're left without Wi-Fi, at least you have a beer. <laughs> ah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> Life lesson. You, you can s- salt away the Wi-Fi pains over a beer or drink. Yeah, I like that. All right. The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, Episode 212. Up until 1936, Haiti and Liechtenstein had identical national flags, which they didn't realize until they were competing against each other in the 1936 Summer Olympics. Looks like that's two countries who won't be getting a gold medal for creativity. Four different travel podcasters, all with four different backgrounds, with four different communities, all who have been to different places all around the world. But when we sat down and we started discussing some of the questions that we got asked most often, what came up at the top of the list for everyone was packing. And we were all in agreement that it was really important that when possible, you travel with just a carry-on, not only because this is going to be physically framed, because you're not going to have to lug around a huge suitcase or a huge backpack, but that also that it's mentally framed, because you don't have to worry about having a ton of possessions. You have your clothes, and you're not tied down by a lot of stuff while you're traveling. So if you're looking to get to that same level, if you're someone who says, hey, you guys have done a lot of traveling, I, I understand what you're saying, You know, I think maybe I'm going to try to give just traveling in a carry-on a chance, head on over to tortugabackpacks.com. You know the guys at Tortuga, good friends of mine. They're sponsors of this podcast. They've also given us a really cool discount code to use. So if you go over to tortugabackpacks.com and you decide to purchase something, don't forget to use the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capital letters, because that will get you 10% off anything that you decide to order. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and today's episode of the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast is a very special one because for the first time ever, we are doing a podcaster's roundtable, a travel podcaster's roundtable, where I sat down virtually, of course, with three other amazing travel podcasters, Nathaniel from The Daily Travel Show, Jackie from Budget Minded Traveler, and Jason, who most of you already know from Zero to Travel. And what we did was each of us was allowed to pose two questions to the other three travel podcasters. So there are eight questions in total, some really, really cool questions and great discussions, stuff like, where would you want to be right now if you could be anywhere in the world? What is your favorite travel app? What's your favorite piece of travel gear? What's one place that everyone has told you that you're going to love, but then when you went there, you didn't? What's the strangest thing you ate? And all different types of questions. So we sat down. It's like the Travel Podcasters Rat Pack. We talked through this. We told some incredible stories. So you're not going to want to miss this episode. And spoiler alert, 
We also recorded some other podcasts. So if you're listening to this on Tuesday, on Thursday, another episode will come out with all three of these other travel podcasters and myself, where I posed to them one specific travel question. So I reached out to the EPOP community on Facebook, on Twitter. I asked you guys, what is the one travel question? If you could get one travel question answered by four travel podcasters, what is the one thing that you would want to know? What, what would you want to know if you could pick their brains? You guys gave me some amazing questions and responses on Facebook and Twitter. I picked one out and then I posed that question to Nathaniel, Jackie, and Jason. So it's a little shorter than this episode. It's This will be about an hour. The one coming out on Thursday will be about a half hour, but you won't want to miss that as well so that you can get your fix of this Podcasters Roundtable. So right now, what I want to do is I want to jump in to this very first Podcasters Roundtable with Jackie, Nathaniel, and Jason. So let's do it. All right. Hey, everyone. It's Travis here. And my first question I want to ask you guys is, what is the first place that comes to mind? I want your gut reaction here. When I say, if you could be anywhere in the world right now, where would it be? That's a brilliant question. I'm going to jump in. That's not a gut reaction, folks. Hurry Uh, up. Come on. You know what's awesome about this? My first reaction or my gut reaction to that always is Italy. And you know what? I'm here. Which is crazy because nobody has asked me that. I've actually been here. It's like my favorite country. It's just there's there's something that happens to me when I arrive in Italy, and I it's like the sun is shining, even if it's not, you know, and the food is delicious and everything. I just I love the culture, and it all kind of embraces me, and I take that feeling with me even when I leave. And so for me. I love to feel that. And so it's always like, oh, you know, let's let's go to let's let's go be in Italy. That's where I would want to be. But I'm here, which is crazy. Even better. That was going to be my answer as well, which is I knew Jackie was going to answer that. So I let her jump in. But (laughs) um, it's it's the culture. It's the style of the people. It's the food. It's the landscape. It's the medieval hill towns. I spent two weeks just in Orvieto right in in, um, that's just in between. It's north of Rome in uh, Umbria. Uh, it's this gorgeous old medieval village walled in church in the center, little cafes at streets. Uh, it's a little touristy, but if you stay there and you, you hit up the back streets and just enjoy your time there, it can be so inspiring just to be amidst that, that landscape with wine and pasta every night. And, um, yeah, me, Italy, it does, it does a very similar thing to what Jackie just said. It's like a place to indulge. <laughs> this is uh, Jason here. And I guess I, I am in Norway right now. And this is my new home country. So no offense to it. But uh, it's freaking cold here, you guys. So I just immediately thought of a warm beach somewhere. <laughs> and I've spent a lot of time in Central America. And I love the beaches there. And the thing I love about them is... Well, you guys know, I mean, if you're like, if you're on a beach in California or something like that, it's awesome. But then the water's super cold, right? If you're on a Central American beach, you get in the water, it's, it's like warm. You don't need to wear a wetsuit or anything. So someplace with a beach with warm water and ideally, since I can go anywhere, I guess I'll go somewhere where I haven't been and I haven't been to Indonesia. So I think maybe I will telepathically transport myself somewhere to Indonesia. You guys can let me know what beach I should go to if you've been there. (laughs) All right. I'm going to stay in the same vein then, Jason. And uh, I'm going to go with Thailand. And I know there's some people on here have mixed feelings about Thailand um, because I just read their latest (laughs) post. And um, But Thailand for me is the... 
it's just the easiest place to travel when I think of somewhere that's a that's more exotic. And so we've been back there at least five different times. I love the people. I love the food. I love how cheap it is. So that's always a benefit when you can kind of go there and live like a king or queen and not have to spend a lot of money. Um, one of the reasons I like Italy as well, if you're talking about Western Europe, is that it is a little cheaper than some other places. But yeah, I just love Thailand. I love that you can wake up every morning and not have any idea what you're going to do, but then you just do whatever it is that you want to do. So you want to go rent a motorbike. All right, there's maybe you already have one, but if you don't, it's like three bucks, five bucks, get some gas, drive up to the waterfalls. I love Chiang Mai and I love the beaches, so I won't, I won't pick one area. But uh, if you put me down in Thailand, I'd be very happy right now. You know, I want to revise my answer because I'm listening to kind of what you guys are saying and I'm pulling out. And Italy for me, is it's my favorite country. It's the only place I've been to three times. So um, I stand by that answer, but I left the bigger part of my heart in uh, New Zealand and I miss it. And everything I'm hearing, you Travis just sort of like triggered that because it's this idea that you could wake up and you could do anything. I mean, you could just spend your day sitting by a lake and it's gorgeous and just watch people pass by or you can go skydiving and mountain climbing or anything you want is, is right there in New Zealand and it's so much fun and it's affordable. It's all those things. So I love that already. We're having people change your answer. This is perfect. This <laughs> yeah. is, it is a hard question, right? Like, What's the one thing I actually wanted to say? I wanted to say Antarctica, but then I was like, well, I don't really want to be cold, but that'd be pretty cool to be dropped into right now. Like if I'm going to just teleport you there right now, that'd be a bit of a culture shock and might be fun as well. And if we're talking about teleportation, I would choose that too, because it would save on the, like the $10,000 ticket. Brilliant answer. And you might as well go in the middle of winter because it's always the middle of winter in Antarctica now. I think so. There you yeah, go. That's right. There you go. Which actually, you know what I just learned? I learned that Antarctica gets about two inches of snow a year. That's it. Wow. It has it, it has the least precipitation of any continent. Except it stays year round. That sounds almost impossible, but that's, wow, that's crazy. Well, I never... Isn't it interesting? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I guess it just never... Well, unfortunately, it does melt now, but... Um, yeah, that's nutty. I was going to say, if you learned it on the internet, it had to be true, or else I would. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's just training. I'm yeah. not sure I believe that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break in here and go, move to the next question since we're about to go down a rabbit hole there. <laughs> um, okay, my first question is going to be What is your favorite travel app? Favorite travel app? Uh, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to go with, and this sounds very practical and probably annoyingly practical, but uh, the currency exchange app. Yes, I love that one. XE, I think, is the so boring. The web, XE duck. I know. <laughs> X XE currency. Such a boring answer. Um, but some, it's so good. not everybody's good at math, Nathaniel. Come on. <laughs> it, yeah, it gets the job done. You know. Hey, I took calculus in high school, so Great. I didn't. I'm terrible at math. <laughs> I love that app. <laughs> I think I've lost my touch though. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. Something about that app just it probably gets used the most. And G Unit, which is another like conversion app, because I'm here in Norway. I'm trying to make food and everything's in deciliters and i'm like i don't know what's going on i don't even know how to make a recipe on on the back of a box so trying to figure everything out here and um june it's like a conversion app that basically just converts you know miles to kilometers and you know basically anything and everything you want to convert so yeah a little boring but totally practical those are mine my only issue with xc though doesn't only allow you to have like 10 currencies on there at once yeah, you have yeah, to. See, I think so. 
I, I, I'm I mean, always annoyed really by like that because in, tw- in 10 countries yes. at once. <laughs> no, but I just love currencies. So whenever I put it in, I just want to check like every place I've ever been in the world and if it went down or up and it only allows me 10 and I just get frustrated because then I have to delete something. That's taking so it I, to another level of nerdery, Travis. <laughs> Nerd- well, it, totally. it, oh, well, no. Come on, that's what I'm on the show here for, guys. Um, but the currency app, or the converter app, I love the just standard one. This is my answer. I'm just cutting into Jay's answer. That currency or the converter app does all types of currencies, and it also does all the stuff that you're talking about, Jay, with um, volume and and you know distance and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't. It's just called converter, converter plus. I don't know. Check that out. You can have more than ten currencies. I don't use any of these apps. And it's not that I don't think that they're not valuable. And I certainly don't geek out over currencies. So um, if I did, I would probably love a dashboard in front of that. But I use Google for all of that. Like I just go, if you just Google like one USD to EUR, you know, it knows what that means and it converts it. And so you can do any, any amount and you can just Google that real quick. And that doing that saves the space on my phone. So However, that's why I use those apps. Nathaniel, I have a rebuttal <laughs> mm-hmm. to that. Uh, please. Um, the currency apps work offline as long as they are updated with the right currency when you are online. The XE currency app, for example, can work when you're standing in front of an ATM in a third world country without any service. And so <laughs> can't trust Google at that point. No, that's fair enough. Yeah, that's a great, great rebuttal. Yeah, Nathaniel, I want to hear your, your app. Because I know you said trip it and I want to hear about it. I know. I've got two. Um, the, the one that's obvious is Google Maps. And the obvious reason for Google Maps is because if you download the map when you're there, your, uh, your dot remains even when you're offline. So for me, I use Google Maps more than any other app while I'm traveling and I can't deny it. Um, TripIt for me is, the, is, the, is my favorite easily because it's, it automatically aggregates all of your travel plans um, within a system. It will provide you, in, uh, uh, it will provide you with your, uh, your flight details, flight status updates, accommodation directions. Uh, it basically does all of your travel itineraries, which I don't know about you guys, but I remember when I first started traveling, I used to print everything out and then I'd have like a little folder and I put the folder in my bag. And I don't know if I would ever access, I would have it on hand and TripIt got rid of that folder out of my bag and I never liked having that thing. And it's so automatic and it sends you updates, uh, you know, push notifications and stuff. For me, that's like the ultimate uh, stress reliever. Oh, and you can track like TripIt Pro, you can track your you can track particular seats on airplanes. So if you have a like an aisle seat or you're in the middle of the plane and you want a window seat, you can key in the window and if one becomes available on that jet, on that aircraft, uh, it will notify you so that you can take steps to get the right seat. I mean, that's brilliant. That's great, Nathaniel. I I always try to use TripIt and I don't like it for some reason though. Like I I don't think I understand it well enough. The reason I liked hearing your answer with TripIt is because I think that's a standard answer to the question, like, what's your favorite travel app? Because I hear it from totally. a lot of people. Yep. So I finally downloaded it. I put my stuff in. It kind of worked for my last trip, but I didn't really pay attention to it. Um, I think it's more user error than anything else. Um, and that's why I never have a good answer for this question because I don't use any travel apps. I'm like the world's worst traveler um, other than Google Maps. That was going to be my go-to and then you took that. So I'm with you though. Google Maps <laughs> is awesome in any country. No worries, man. It's the only one I use in yeah. any country. And I love that the dot follows you even when you're offline. And you know, I it's it's invaluable as a GPS whenever you rent a car or anything like that. You know, I don't even yeah. remember what we did without Google Maps. So... I'd go to AAA and I would get those roadmaps before yeah. I left just in case I had a car. And those would go in that folder I was talking about. You get the free maps yeah. and you just, yeah. you know, do it the old school way. And then you ask around if you get lost. And this actually happened to me recently on a trip where 
I didn't have the Google Maps thing and I was totally lost and I had all my stuff with me and I was like, I was getting a little frustrated, but then I had to interact with actual people. It was freaking cool because I had to go to like three or four places till somebody gave me good directions. But in the meantime, you know, you pop into place. I'm like, oh, well, I'm here. I might as well get an ice cream cone, chat this person up and you end up like talking to three or four people that you wouldn't have before. So I think there's some other benefits there without the apps, but... Okay, so I didn't actually get to answer this one yet, and I asked it. So um, I, my turn. I'm going to jump in because um, we could talk about this all day. I I know that we can. Let's see. I was definitely going to go to TripIt and XE. Those are two of my favorites. But since you took them, I'm going to go a different route. Um, I am loving Snapchat. So I'm. I mean, it's it's not necessarily a utility for travel, but I love it. I think it's so much fun to um, not only to share what I'm doing with people, but there are specific people that I follow on Snapchat that I watch their snaps like every day, and it's it only takes me a minute to catch up on people. You know, it's like almost like a news feed. It's like a new way to get new news. Just seeing where different people are around the world. I think it's so much fun. Um, are you guys on Snapchat? N- no. I know Nathaniel is. Okay. It's so fun. Um, Anyway, so Snapchat. And then the other one that is my absolute favorite app is Voxer. And that is... um, I think WhatsApp is actually very convenient for travel because nearly everyone has it. And so with the phone number from anywhere, you can suddenly be texting with any, any other person with a phone number, you know, so you can... It transcends data plans and all of that. It's like, it doesn't matter who your carrier is or what your plan is because you can do it on Wi-Fi or whatever. You can text with people. So that's great. Um, But Voxer is my favorite communication app because you can walkie-talkie with people. And so, and it doesn't have to be real time. So even across time zones, you can send audio messages to each other. And I know that other apps are doing this now, but I'm still with Voxer. They were the first ones that, that I downloaded that that had the capability before you could do it in text and all that. So those are going to be my go-tos for that. Love it. Leaning on communication. Yes. Mm-hmm. We, we are probably underrating when we're thinking so logistically, but just stay, being able to stay in touch and connect with people and be inspired by where they are and what they're doing. Uh, Snapchat's as much a travel app as Instagram is uh, with all of its geolocation tags and your ability to search places by, uh, by image, kind of like Trover. Trover.com is another one of those. So I, I like those answers. Um, also, I'm traveling Jackie on Snapchat in case you guys want to check out what I'm doing in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> is that, that's why you said that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> can I change my answer to Skype? You can do it. You can do anything you want on this podcast, man. You can do whatever you want. Jay. <laughs> I'm changing my answer to Skype, and I'm also going to ask the next question, with which is a little bit. I want to get a little controversial here, if that's okay with you all, because um, we're all Americans here, and I have to ask you, as Americans, does it bother you when people wear the Canadian flag on their backpack? <gasps> no, I love Canadians. Yeah. It's not a, It's not about being anti-Canadian. Jason, do you mean when Americans wear the Canadian flag on their backpack? <sighs> I kind of mean when anybody does, whatever nationality. Because I, I, I so the, it's, it, to put some context into this, it's a thing you can see quite commonly when you're traveling around. And I feel like I'll, I'll answer first, I guess, since I'm kind of putting the context here. Anyway. It can be a thing that is used not for national pride necessarily, but just to show you're not American. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. like americans get a bad rep over ball that's like a thing yeah that's like a travel thing that happens and people definitely like rock the canadian flag and even if they're not canadian like nathaniel mentioned or even canadians themselves i mean like you know i don't mind nationality i'm not like anti don't don't be proud of where you're from but it seems like it's kind of like just to say hey we're not american so leave us alone type of thing i don't know if it's a safety thing or what so i get it but also i gotta be honest it annoys me a little (laughs) well yeah if you want the controversial answer yes pisses me off um and i think (laughs) but here's the thing jay I, I don't see it happen that often. I think when I was traveling like 10 years ago, or maybe I'm just not as aware of it. Um, I saw it happen more often and I kind of would get upset. Like, oh, well, especially if, if American... Well, I won't say Americans because I've had a Canadian get upset with me for saying I'm an American. I, I'm from the United States. When people from the United States would put that on their backpack... I got a little frustrated because I'm like, listen, you know, and they say it was for safety. They didn't want people to think they're an American or, um, or from the States because, you know, people didn't like people from the States and other countries. And I was like, well, why don't you just let your actions speak for themselves? Like I can understand, you know, that's that was more my mm-hmm. my thought was like, well, why not meet these people? And, you know, I don't think they're going to I've never had anyone come up to me and be like, oh, you're from the United States, like and shut me down because they didn't like the country most of the time. Nowadays, people would be just yell Obama to me wherever you are in the country or wherever you are in the world. And they loved it. So um, I used to get really annoyed with it. I don't see it as much anymore. I don't know if that's just me not being aware of it or if it's just something that isn't as common anymore. But P.S. We love we love Canadians. I got well, I got I got to say this because I think that any Canadian listening is probably thinking this and it's that Canadians get mistaken for Americans all over the place all the time. So while I think that wearing a flag on your backpack might be saying I'm not American, it's not necessarily because they have a problem with Americans or they believe that Americans are less popular than Canadians around the world, true or not. It's simply that they're not from the United States Mm -hmm. and they want that to be clear because it gets annoying over and over again when you're a Canadian on the road and someone's like, oh, you're American. No, I'm Canadian. And don't Mm -hmm. don't just assume that I'm that I'm not you know, that I'm, that I'm American because of my accent. And be proud of that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I have something to piggyback on that. If there was a way that I could separate myself as a Montanan from Hannah Montana, <laughs> I would. Do <laughs> <laughs> you get a lot of and crap so for that? Maybe it's as simple as that. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like people shouting Obama at you, you know, which, um, that, that's all that they know. That's what they know of the United States. It's like, Oh, I'm, I'm from Montana. Oh, San Francisco. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, you say one thing and people go to what they know. And so it's, I'm sure that, that it's, it's just something similar to that. <laughs> and, and I agree that we should let our actions speak for us because, I mean, there are a lot of people out there that are making a really good name for the U.S. Um, by traveling. And I know that's what we all believe in. And so I think, you know, let's, let's change their, their opinions and then leave them with something else to be thinking about. I found when I was traveling two interesting things about being American on the road. One was that I actually found I was treated better at times because I was American. In Japan, I, I was like, I got like VIP escorted through the airport as soon as I pulled out my passport. It was the strangest thing. I can't explain it, but the guy was like forever thankful. In Paris, I was led 13 blocks out of my way when I was lost in the city. 13 blocks back to my hotel. And when I thanked the woman, she said, we're from Normandy and we don't forget what Americans did for us. <gasps> 
like wow. forever ago. It was this mind blowing wow. experience. Um, and when I got home from taking a year off to, to be on the road, I, you know, I think it's easy to, to get tired of where you're from. But when I got home, I was so overwhelmingly thankful to be American. Um, probably because I was fond and I missed a lot of the things that were who I was and what I was used to. Um, but there's also, there's a lot that we do, you know, I mean, whether that's craft beer or I Steak. <laughs> like bathrooms around the bathrooms around the world are completely different, right? I like American bathrooms. I'm not gonna lie. I like showers <laughs> in America are the best, you know, like there's a lot that we do really well. Um, <laughs> good water pressure is key. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's such a critical thing. No, but seriously, like there's a lot that we do really well. And you, it's easy to uh, forget that when you're in the routine. Yeah. And to clarify my answer, I think it's more that when Americans put Canadian flags on their backpack versus Canadians putting Canadian flags. Yeah, like, I have no issue with that. I think I was just getting, getting at the people who do it just to distinguish themselves as, as not, you know, like, hey, this is not me. You know, it's, I don't know. There are a lot of questions around, but I, I'm glad, I think we like profiled many people within that. So that was, that was interesting. Interesting yeah, question. Don't they like, know that they have the best showers in the world? What are they thinking? <laughs> Put that American flag on your backpack, people. I don't know what Canadian showers are like. I bet they're pretty good, though. <laughs> All right, Nathan, you got oh, the next right. question. I'm up. You're right. You're right. I forgot my, I forgot the order here. All right, guys. Um, we're going to go real simple, I guess. Uh, what's your favorite piece of, and I'm going to ask that nobody say the iPhone. What is your favorite piece of travel gear that you take everywhere that's in your backpack, maybe in your pocket, something, but other than a smartphone? I have just discovered this. It, it actually is, it goes hand in hand with my iPhone. So, I hope this isn't cheating, but because I live on my phone, I mean, everything happens on my phone. Um, I use the battery really, 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 really fast. And so I have discovered this. It's called the Anchor. And I know you have one too, Nathaniel, the Anchor. I do. Uh, on your recommendation. Yeah. Charger. It's a portable iPhone charger. And it charges when the Anchor is... Char- and it's A-N-K-E-R. Um, it, when it's charged no. fully. Yeah, it is. It is? Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it is. It is. Um, when it's charged fully, it can charge my iPhone like seven times. And that is so incredibly helpful. It's like having insurance, like having a safety net for my iPhone because I can go ahead and use it as much as I want. Um, even if I don't have access to an outlet, when I was traveling in, uh, when I was trekking in Patagonia just like two months ago, we didn't even have electricity every day. And it didn't matter. And my phone is my only camera. And it didn't matter because I was fully charged the whole time. I didn't have to worry about it. And so for me, absolutely, the power to keep my iPhone alive (laughs) is my go-to gadget. Yeah, that thing's amazing. I would highly recommend checking it out. It charges fast, too. That's the best. Mm -hmm. I got to go with my Kindle. The Kindle's so awesome. I mean, I've got, I don't know how many books I got, but the fact that you can just carry like you know, books from every genre, a genre, like 50, hundred books, whatever's on there and just read whatever you want, whenever you want. I'm a little bit obsessed with it. And I read a ton when I'm, especially when I'm traveling. So, um, going with the Kindle all the way. Lighter and more durable than the iPad too. Mm-hmm. And Jay, do you have the Kindle Paperwhite, the one with the backlight, or do you have the regular original old school one? Gotta have the Paperwhite. Yeah. I mean, you know, reading in bed and all that. that yeah, yeah. That was that my, was call. Answer. yeah, last year. Well, no, but last year I told my wife to get me a Kindle for Christmas. I'm like, just give me the cheapest original one. That's what I want. And she got that. And then I said, wait, this doesn't have a backlight. She's like, yeah, that's the paperwhite. So I had to have her get me a second one, which had the backlight. So get the paperwhite the first time, and then you won't be stuck with two Kindles. 
I've got three answers. I'm not going to ask permission to give all three of these. I'm just going to do it. Um, <laughs> number one is a, is a like a dry, quick travel towel. So pack mm. towel, like without the e in towel, um, is the one that I always I've used a bunch, and that's the one that I love. So having like a, a travel towel, I, I think, is a necessity if you're packing light, because who can actually pack a regular size towel in their pack if they're if they're only bringing carry-ons or something like that. Um, you know, about a tenth the size of a regular towel, they dry like ten times quicker. I'm making those numbers up, but it's close to that. Um, <laughs> the other thing would be headphone splitters, and I think this is the best bang for your buck that you can get because they're a dollar ninety nine on Amazon, or you could pick them up at I guess, an electronics store. But if you're ever with another person, if you're traveling with someone else, or even if you just meet someone on the road, having a, a pair of headphone splitters means that you know you can both plug into a computer or whatever, or if you're watching videos on an iPhone or, or whatever, and you can both have your own set of headphones. You don't have to do that little, you know, left ear, right yeah. ear. Then you're pulling the headphone out of the other person's <laughs> ear when you move. That gets old really quick. I still do that. Um, I love this idea. Yeah. <laughs> so the headphone <laughs> splitter is big. And then my absolute favorite thing that I that I always bring with me is a Moleskine notebook, like one of the little um, pocket-sized notebooks because I love going around and writing down, you know, if I'm at a restaurant, I want to recommend it to people later, writing down kind of notes or jotting down ideas. And um, I just prefer to do it on paper, like have a pen and paper versus doing it on my iPhone, because it's just, I don't know, something about sitting at a cafe or sitting at a restaurant and writing it down and kind of writing my thoughts out versus pulling out my phone and typing it out that I love. So Completely um, I carry them with me everywhere. Good answer. Those are of, of those Good three, night. I have the pack towel and the moleskin notebook with me. And I think the headphone splitters are revolutionary. <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. <laughs> That's going to happen. She's going to go to you know, I made a little list while you guys were going. I'm going to be really quick. The obvious one, I think, is a power adapter. I'm not even going to talk about it. You need to be able to plug your stuff in. Um, and I would take that over anything else I'm about to say. But that said, I'll throw that out the window because it's kind of boring. Um, packing cubes, I swear by them. So I started doing my podcast. I started interviewing people and asking them about their travel gear. And packing cubes kept coming up over and over again. So I was like, all right, fine. I'll get packing cubes. I'll check it out. And now I... I I cannot have stuff loose in my bag. Like everything in my bag is now compartmentalized within the bag. And that makes it so much easier to pack, to unpack, to it's just super systematic. To be able to take all your shirts out with one hand, put it down, put it aside, and then again, take all your pants out and then pull one pair of pants out, dip it back up. It's so easy. It's amazing. So it made a crazy huge difference. Uh, a couple other things that I think are really great are a hoodie. Uh, a hoodie, I think, is uh, it's like a, it's like a sleep mask. It's it'll cover your ears. It's kind of a pillow if you want to fold it up. It's most uh, valuably like it, you can just put your hood up if you're walking around, and people are much less likely to hassle you if you're in a place where you're getting hassled. I was in Istanbul walking down Istikhal. Every other person was like, "Hey, hey, are you American? Hey, hey!" It's opening lines for scams. Not kidding. And put one up, and everyone just stopped talking to me. So I think there's yeah, a lot of value in hoodies. That's probably why. <laughs> yeah, it's a Like, look at that gangster. <laughs> he's from he's from Boston. <laughs> uh, and then uh, you know, one last thing would be a guitar. If you uh, can can travel with a guitar around, that breaks uh, that breaks the ice like nothing I've ever experienced between other travelers, locals. Whether you're sitting at a China uh, a train station 
vacation in the middle of nowhere in China with other backpackers and you're just sitting around singing songs or you're in Bali and you get invited back to people's houses because they want to play your guitar. Uh, it's, it's amazing how easily friendships can be made over music, I think. That's cool. I, I've always seen people traveling around with guitars. I didn't know we get to list multiple gadgets. Jeez. I didn't either. I missed the memo on that too. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm freezing, I'm freezing my ass off with my Kindle with no hoodie, no headphone splitter, no convenience you know, all there. All I have is an iPhone. <laughs> I'm going to add a scarf. And it could be because I'm Ooh, female, yeah. but I love... I actually got a huge scarf that's like... It's everything. Um... I can wear it over my face if I'm sleeping. It's huge, so it's really actually warm. It's like a shawl. I've used it as a pillowcase, as a pillow, as, you know, a warmth layer, as a... <laughs> I can't imagine not having it now. Even though it's one of the bigger things that I have packed with me um, in my carry-on for a year, it's huge and it's absolutely worth it. Nice. Yeah. It's like the woman's version of a hoodie, right? Yep. Yeah. Although I always have a hoodie as well for the same reasons. Quick, quick question to everyone. Yes or no. Do you pack those silk like bed liner sheet things? Obviously, I don't because I don't know what they're called. But do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> they're called sleep sheets. And no, I, I have a cotton one. I used to. But sorry, that wasn't a yes or no answer. No. It's a, no. It no. depends on if um, camping or going to like colder climates. Then yes, maybe. Um, however, can I add something to that? If I were going on a specific like two week or something shorter trip, um, because mine is it's cotton, it's kind of bigger and I was only going to be staying in hostels, I would bring it. And if I was solo traveling, I would bring it. Okay. Good. Yeah. That wasn't my real question. I just, I've never packed them, but some people have sworn by them just like packing cubes like Nathaniel was talking about. And I didn't use packing cubes before and now I do. So I was wondering if that was one of the things that people say, yeah, you should get this. And then if you do, you end up loving it. Uh, so just want your guys' opinions on that because I've never used them. Um, but my real question for everyone here, and I, I love this question. I can't wait to hear your answers. What's the one place that everyone has told you you'll love, but when you went there... You didn't. Uh, because everyone wants to ask the question, what's your favorite place? I get that. You know, we all have favorites and we kind of touched on that if we could be transported one place right now. But there's, you know, traveling is about the ups and downs and you can't really love a place without having a flip side of a place where you didn't love as much as you thought you would. So I get this question a lot from people like, is it okay if I don't love this place? My buddy actually called me on his honeymoon that I booked for him down in Argentina. He's like, is it okay if I don't like Cordoba? Like everyone says I should love it. Am I doing something wrong is what he asked me. And I said, hmm. no, man, you're going to find places the more you travel that you don't love as much as you thought. And that's okay because that makes the places you love even more special. So what is that place for you guys? And if no one has one, I can go, but I want to hear your answers. Oh, we all have them. That's for sure. Um, I have two. Uh, I'll go with the one you guys aren't anticipating first. Um, and this is interesting. And I have to say first, one of my questions for you guys was going to be, what is the place you liked the least that made you grow the most? And it's the same answer. Um, so maybe think about that too, because I still want to know. Um, but anyway, my first place that I was going to say is Baja, California, um, in Mexico, because the first time that I went there, and this has already come full circle, so I'll, I'll bring that around. But the first time that I went there, I really was disappointed with how un-Mexico it was and how 
um, 50s California it was. And I mean, while that's kind of a romantic idea and it's cool, it's full of gringos and that's just not what I wanted from Mexico. And Cabo especially was full of just resorts and overpriced food. And I was like, what the hell am I doing here? Like, this is not what I was what I came here for. And so I really didn't like it. And then I ended up going back the next year and I had an absolute blast. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's basically like how you do it, how you travel really matters, who you travel with really matters, what you're doing, um, seeking out the things that you love to do where you go, I think is really important because that's when I'm always having the most fun is when I'm, you know, doing some sport or you know some something active that's very exciting for me and and so now i just have to say as a disclaimer i love i love baja but that was the first one the second one was thailand you can read about that on my blog <laughs> <laughs> well you can't you explain it for like a second i mean that's a good teaser for your blog though. maybe we should just leave it at that well i can explain it. i'm happy to but i'm over my limit of time of answering so <laughs> um okay give, give us a 30 second why you don't like thailand Okay. Wrap it up in a bow. Well, okay. First of all, I don't dislike Thailand. Um, I really don't. It's a beautiful place. And I've experienced amazing, amazing times there. Um, and I, I appreciate it very much. But um, again, I'm going to say it depends on what you're doing. <laughs> it depends on whether your bank account agrees with your, ta- with, your <laughs> with your choice of lodging. You know, there are a lot of things. And generally, I, on this last trip, I just got to a point of cultural exhaustion there. And um, I just couldn't take it anymore. I just, I didn't, you know, I, I get really frustrated as a linguist when I cannot speak the language. Um, there are just a lot of things, but it also depends on, you know, where I am in my life right now. Things, a lot of personal things that are going on and I just couldn't handle it. And I said, you know, what, I got to get out of here. And that's what made me come to Italy. So, I mean, it, it all kind of ties together and it, it all matters, you know, what kind of travel you're doing and, and, and where you are personally, I mean, there are a lot of things that go into liking a destination, I think. Yeah, I think it's like For everything sure. you mentioned. I mean, the obviously the people, the experience you have, the activities you're doing, your state of mind, like where you are in your life. I mean, all of these things can sort of play in, do play into like loving a place. So I'm going to take this question as just the place and not all of those other things. Because I had a great time when I visited. I met awesome people. Um, it was fun. I ate delicious food. But uh, just as the destination, I wasn't obsessed with Vietnam like many people are. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Um, I've gone, I spent a good amount of time there and um, had a great time. Like I said, I mean, it was uh, an awesome experience, but um, it's not It's not a place I feel like I have to go back to like many other places that I've visited. Uh, my answer is I had to, I like went silent and really I looked at a map <laughs> and I'm like, what, where? Because <laughs> so many places, it's like I can find something to appreciate and something to enjoy, right? And I'm sure we all agree with that. It's like, even when you find yourself somewhere where you're kind of miserable, you can find some degree of enjoyment. Um, so I was trying to think of like, what are the things that I really don't like? And what I don't like are, are, are touristy areas, right? So the first place that came to mind was Cancun, but I didn't anticipate liking Cancun. Mm. Um, and as it turns out, I actually like the areas around Cancun a lot. Like I like Tulum, which is just an hour and a half south, right on the coast. So I would go back there and I would drive down to Tulum and I'd enjoy the the coast there, the Riviera. But I think my answer is um, Las Vegas. I 
<laughs> it, like it's almost a funny answer for me because I think so. I was like, I was looking at the map and I was like in New Zealand and Southeast Asia and trying to find the place. And there's some things in China I didn't love, but I really, you know what? I thought I was going to love Las Vegas. I thought it was going to be a lot of fun. I've been twice. Um, yeah, I don't love it. I don't, I, I really don't enjoy gambling. I'm not a big fan of that. Um, and it's loud and it's flashy and it's kind of gross and there's good food. And I actually really liked, I really had a lot of fun in like the old part of Las Vegas, which is coming up and there's like, you know, craft cocktail bars and really great pizza shops and kind of a, a normal city nightlife, but hitting the strip, I don't need to ever do that again. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Cause I actually didn't think I'd have a good time in Las Vegas. The first time I went, I was like, I don't ever need to go to Las Vegas. You know, I don't want to have to gamble a lot. And I went and had, I had a blast, but I, I think, Again, this this is with the goes back to the people you're with, and you know it was like three days, and it was two other couples, and we just had a really really fantastic time. We gambled for probably 15 minutes in three days, but we went to shows and we did all that. So that was interesting because that was a place where I went in with really low expectations, just like you did with Coon. I was I was pleasantly surprised. That being said, I've gone back a second time, and it wasn't near as fun as the first time. So I think there's a lot to be said for it being the people um, mm-hmm. that you're with. I have an answer that is kind of similar to yours, Nathaniel, in that there's one place that I didn't think I would like and I really, really hated even more than I thought. That was Mumbai. Um, I hate the city. I will never have to. I I hope I never have to go back to Mumbai ever again. Once I got out of there, um, the rest of India was there was a lot of awesome stuff that I saw. But the place that I really had super high expectations and this was my first backpacking trip, first time in Southeast Asia. And everyone said, you have to go to Penang, Malaysia. Like, you have to. It's awesome. You're going to love it. It's perfect. Amazing food. What a cool little, um, you know, uh, they were saying like a colonial little downtown. And so I had this quaint picture of this like colonial little downtown. Exactly <laughs> what people said. Instead, it was like <laughs> buildings were falling down and there was like some big buildings and those were falling down and some small buildings and those were falling down. And there was one building, the government building that sat kind of out on the like right on the water that was beautiful because the only one that had been restored. And I thought, okay, like this is one nice building in a city of really a lot of crappy buildings. So I don't know what people were talking about. So yeah, I went and it was the end of like an 18 day backpacking trip. It was the first one we had ever been on. It rained for three days straight. They're supposed to have an awesome new year's thing. And, and it was like a few fireworks and that was it. And um, I just remember now the food was fantastic. I will say that it was amazing food, but that was one place that I, I want to go back to because whenever I tell people that, they're like, I can't believe you didn't love Penang. Like everyone loves it. Mm-hmm. And I just, I didn't. Um, so that's my place that I definitely did not live up to the, the preset expectations that I had. It's a, this is a loaded question because mm-hmm. expectation, because the, like your response to the stimuli that you find in any of these places is completely related it's tied like inextricably to the expectation that's been set for you so either you had high hopes everyone's raising the bar too high everyone's talking it up or in a lot of cases maybe in like vegas for you travis you didn't think it was going to be great and then you had a blast i mean that can i didn't to be honest like uh, when i went to philadelphia i didn't expect to have as much fun as i did and everyone's like you like philadelphia and i'm like i had so much fun when i was there. So what, I have- do you, what do you mean everybody was like do you like philadelphia <laughs> come on uh, uh, travis yes. and i are both from philly so <laughs> and let's be fair i know exactly what he's i know exactly what he's talking about everyone says that to me they're like oh you live in philadelphia i was pleasantly surprised by philadelphia everyone said i'd hate it i'm like 
I hear that anytime I say I'm from Philadelphia. Either that or people say Rocky or Adrian and they start acting like Rocky. I heard her I heard it was a quaint colonial town. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, parts of it. The the three blocks that you won't get mugged in are very quaint and colonial. Just <laughs> yes. I love Philadelphia. All right. Um since we are all podcasters since we are all sort of digital nomads at at times even if we have home bases um i want to know what do you look for in like an office on the road like where is your favorite place to set up shop on the road well most obvious answer Um, to that for all of us is is strong wi-fi right (laughs) that's nice when that happens (laughs) yeah (laughs) actually sometimes you sit down with a coffee before you realize the wi-fi won't work That's why I've resorted to going to bars. That's the worst. That is the worst. <laughs> Do bars yeah, have stronger I, I, Wi-Fi? Is that what you just meant? No, but if you're left without Wi-Fi, at least you have a beer. <laughs> ah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> Life lesson. You, you can s- salt away the Wi-Fi pains over a beer or drink. Yeah, I like that. All right. Um, I Yeah, Wi-Fi. And another one for me is that I... I don't know how to put this, but I, I not that it has to be quiet because I don't want to be somewhere that's like a, a live. Well, I do love libraries, so I won't say that, but I don't want to be in a cafe that seems like <laughs> I don't want to be in a cafe that seems like a library. I want there to be some action going around. I don't want it to be super busy to the point where you feel like you can't sit there and actually spend time and, and do work. I hate the feeling of all right, I'm at this table, I'm doing work, but there's so many people around that I should get up because I'm done. I don't drink coffee, but I'm done drinking my hot chocolate or chai tea or I'm done eating whatever I, I had eaten. And I just, I hate that feeling that you are that you have to rush out because if you're sitting down and you want to get some work done, you know, as we all know, it takes some time to get into that mode. You have to check Facebook like 18 times before you can even start <laughs> writing. Um, yeah, so I mean to you know to get through those eighteen Facebook checking times, it's like hey, you're already half an hour in, and you've probably eaten two meals. Um, so I just I need some place that I can feel comfortable um, and and have enough space that I don't feel like I'm being rushed out or that people are looking at me like why is he still here two hours later? Agree, because it does take a long time sometimes. Yeah, you know, for me, I can't do like I. This is a personal answer, I think, for all of us. Um, I cannot do a library. I cannot do anything really quiet. Like I am, I have a weird personality trait, which is that I tend to sort of do the opposite of like what everyone else around me is doing. I just have this like inclination to be contrarian sometimes. And like, so so like at at an airport, for example, I think a lot of people are maybe stressed out or rushing to their gates. I find airports for that reason to be extremely relaxing. And that's totally weird. But that applies here because I cannot be in a quiet environment and sit and focus. Like I need there to be, some degree of like kinetic energy and motion around me that I can uh, that I can I can sit in the center of and it can move around me and I can be the focused the focused sort of balance or alternative. I don't know why that is. It's just me. So I love sitting in coffee shops out in public. I write really well on buses. Um, so for me, it's like there needs to be an element of motion and there needs to be some kind of like white noise, uh, which I have found uh, cafes do perfectly. Sort of that hum. Mm-hmm. And the clinks and the the baristas working on the machines and for me it's I, I get in the mo I get in the the zone with noise as opposed to a lot of people like to use music I think to focus for me I just need I need there to be like a lot going on on around me and for whatever reason that helps me focus I guess I I don't entirely understand it <laughs> I'm with you Nathaniel I mean I 
I couldn't have said it any better, really. There's something about the ambience clanging of things. I don't know what it is. is it talking or like things banging around or you might like occasionally the barista goes a little crazy. I'm like, dude, what are you doing over there? Like, are you making coffee for an army? Like that's, that's over the top. But, uh, but generally speaking, yeah, I'm, I'm a cafe guy for, cause we're not talking about countries specifically. We're just talking about like work environments, right? That was the original mm-hmm. question, Jackie. So yeah, I'm with you. There's actually an app called Coffee Tivity that replicates the sounds of a coffee shop. I haven't gone that far with it yet to like download this app and and try it out because I prefer the authentic experience as much as possible. But I can see getting desperate someday and like trying that out because uh, again, the ambient noise just dials me in. I don't know what it is. And like Travis and I've talked about this as well because we work together uh, quite often and it's something about the triggers you set up for yourself when you're traveling all the time because it's like the place is always changing, but there can be some consistency with what you do. So whether it's like putting in, like putting in my headphones dials me in to another level. I don't know why. Like sometimes I even forget to put on the music and I just have the headphones on and I'll be working for an hour. I'm like, oh, I never even turn music on. But like the headphones touching totally. my ear. Like, yeah. Dude, me too. I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> it's so weird. It just like snaps I you. I think I do that more often than actually turning music on. I don't even realize it. But then someone will talk to me and I'm like, why? can I hear him so well? Oh, I haven't turned any music on. <laughs> then you can get finicky with the music, right? Because you're like, oh, I can't have too many words and I can't know the song too well. Um, depends on the tasks you're doing, I think. But coffee shops all the way, um, baby. I love the comment about, you know, because as we don't have routine if we're doing something different every day and on the road. And so I love the comment about finding something consistent. That's actually, that's kind of brilliant. I love that. Um, and I guess I'm going to go back to what I was saying at the beginning. For me, I do, I can work in both like quiet, like sometimes I'll sit at the house quiet with my earphones in without music on accident and just like get work done. It's amazing. And other times when I find I need to focus, my go-to is beer. I Really, it is. Like, honestly, I love, I call it focus beer. Like I, I will Jackie, go have a focus beer. you're my kind of girl. Because, I, uh, focus thanks. beer. Focus <laughs> beer. Yeah, a focus I mean, beer. There's an emoji for it even. It's amazing. <laughs> a focus beer. No, it's it's great because um, it just kind of, I guess, helps me relax and whatever it does, it makes me focus and I can just start working. It's great. So I like bars that do that. I like the reframing tactic there. Uh, I'm going to have a focus beer, please. Thank you very much. (laughs) Sir, this is like 80 ounces of a double IPA. Uh, That's okay. It's my focus beer. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) That's what I was about to say is that the beers I drink are so high alcohol that like a an imperial stout is just going to... I'm good for about 10 minutes before it's time to sit back. What about a focused beer tower? Has anyone ever done that? <laughs> that's, for, that's for like writing a novel or something. Yeah, yeah right. not 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 just for myself, but uh, I, I I will say that I have had some really great work conversations around a beer tower before. Maybe before I ask this question, I should go get my focus bottle of bourbon and uh, pour one out. But um, focus this is, beer break. <laughs> this one's a quickie. I want to ask you, what's the strangest thing you ever ate when you were traveling? Oh, gosh. Okay. I know Nathaniel is going to get on me for this one because he completely disagrees. But I recently just tried sea urchin for the first time. And oh, my 
gosh, like I actually was snapping it while I did it. And it, the, it, the reaction's hilarious. But to, in my defense, I didn't know even how to eat sea urchin. And it was given to me raw, which I guess is normal. I don't know. And it was a yes. huge piece. Like it was a mouthful. It wasn't just a taste. And I couldn't handle it. It was just, I, I almost threw up in the middle of the market in Chile. Like, whoa. Whoa. So the thing is, the, the reason why I disagree and she, why she said that is, I, you know, Jackie, I totally understand where you're coming from. When <laughs> I first had it, I hated it. And I think I had, I think I had bad sea urchin at like a bad sushi restaurant, something like that. But when I had it fresh and then I started to like get into it, I honestly think sea urchin is one of the world's best, like best things. Like it is like mind-blowingly delicious put it on everything spread it on toast oh my gosh you're crazy but you know what you're normal like that's the, that's what everybody says i'm like okay well i don't know if i can even give it another shot at this point whoa but okay that's mine peanut butter and sea urchin sandwiches anyone <laughs> <laughs> ew well, as long as you have the as long as you have the focus beer oh. to wash it down then anything oh. will taste all right yeah it's really hard to tell the sea urchin from the peanut butter once you got them all integrated. <laughs> Ew. Okay, let's move on. Who's next? So, um, if by traveling, because the question was, what's the weirdest thing you've had while traveling? If by traveling you mean like 10 minutes down the road from where I am right now, I would say the fried deer testicles that my dad likes to make up after he shoots a deer. Um, that works. They're pretty that works. gross. They taste exactly like you would imagine them tasting, which is not good. Um, so that's kind of weird that, that the strangest thing I've ever eaten was actually at the home that I grew up in. One of the things that I really hate, and this isn't that odd, I guess, because so many people love it in Japan, but it is absolutely foul. And you either like love it or you hate it. And whenever I asked the question to my students when I was teaching English in Japan, they just they would laugh hysterically, and um, because they thought it was so weird that a white person was asking this them this. But it's uh, natto. I don't know if anyone's ever had natto. Has anyone had that? What is it? No. It's like the fermented soybean. Um, it's like a paste almost, but it's really stringy. So like you, if you if you like dip your chopstick in and you try to. Eat it. It's like really stringy cheese is what it kind of looks like, but it, it smells really bad and it's it's made from fermented soybeans and um like you can't eat it without sticking to the roof of your mouth. So everyone's always doing that like like clucking sound as they're eating it. It smells awful. People are making crazy noises while eating it, and it's probably the worst thing that I've ever put into my mouth as far as just the at the taste is disgusting. Um so I hate it and most like gaijin, white people, foreigners hate it as well. But it's uh, some Japanese people love it and they'll eat it for every every meal or well, every lunchtime. They'll usually eat it. So natto. If you go to Japan, you have to try it, but be prepared to to gag. Or if you really like it, then um, you found a really cheap new favorite food. So, but there's no in between. There's definitely no in between with this stuff. That sounds yeah, like so durian. Oh, durian. Yes. Yeah. Dur well, durian. I like durian, but I, I almost like everything. You know what I mean? Like even the, the weird foods that I've had, I, I, uh, there's certain things I don't like. Pickled fish. I, I'm okay not having pickled fish. And um, my, some of my Polish heritage uh, keeps bringing that back every Christmas. Um, I'm okay without that. <laughs> uh, you know, recently had, I don't think insects are really that weird, but just had grasshoppers. And the only reason I really felt it to be weird was because they were so big. And Jackie, you were there and oh, they were yeah. huge. We have a video. Of I mean, this. they were like, we should share it. They were like as big as, as your finger. I mean, they weren't massive. Um, 
I've had silkworm cocoons, like grilled and, and salted. That was kind of weird. I'm going to go with something that was not anywhere exotic. This was in New York, uh, and it was a uh, pig's eyeball. That was probably officially the weirdest thing I've ever eaten was a, uh, a roasted eyeball. Ugh. You get a whole pig, <laughs> and they take the... Well, it's funny because... So I was at this restaurant called The Breslin, which is at the Ace Hotel. Really good restaurant. I highly recommend it. The lamb burger there is killer. Uh, they bring out, I was there, I think it was like a bachelor party or something, but they brought out a whole suckling pig roast, right? And they put the whole thing down and it's an, it's an entire baby pig, which is sad. Um, anyways, then they, they take the, the head, they basically cut the head off and then carry the head away and carve it up and bring it back. And one of the things that you can have are the eyeballs, which are there roasted with all of the tendrils. So it's not like just an eyeball. It's like covered in the muscle. Um, you know what, Jason, it was delicious. Not gonna lie. It was so I mean, when you bit into it, was it like was it like that chewing gum that has the inner gel where it just like squirts in oh your mouth? Gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh! You know, so there was a there was like a thick layer, hard layer of, of roasted meat around it, which made it easier. But then there was some aspect of like um, I don't know, like of, of tender being an jelly <laughs> moisture. Yeah, of it being an eyeball. Yeah, it's not really oh fun to think God. about. Uh, we should probably <laughs> preface this with a warning we should go back and warn people not to listen to this over lunch my goodness sorry sorry <laughs> no problem uh i asked the question i am i am sorry i asked the question it's hard to say but um human oh god <laughs> i'm kidding come on i just wanted to see how long the silence would last uh no that hasn't happened i was just watching walking dead last <laughs> thankfully I don't know how weird it is because it's not that weird in that part of the country, but you know, getting like a bag of fried crickets and eating the insects, you know, in Thailand is a strange experience because you come up and you, they have all these different fried bugs. They're, and, they're so cheap. Yeah, we were doing this uh, this trek, and I was like with this group of you know adventure travelers, I guess, because we were trekking into the jungle, so it was like a group thing, and um, I was like. Uh, Hey, I'm going to buy a bag and everybody try one. It'll be fun. Like, and nobody wanted to try one. So it was just me eating crickets by myself. It was really sad, uh, <laughs> which is why I don't like to do group things. But I also didn't know how to navigate through the jungle for days on end. So that was, uh, let's see. The other thing that I would say is totally disgusting is uh, right here in Norway, uh, something called rock fisk, which is... It's a trout that is salted and then f fermented for like two or three months. And some say even up to a year. Like you don't cook it, you just eat it. And this is a whole story, but uh, I'll give you the abbreviated version. I went to have lunch with uh, at somebody's home in Norway who was a friend of the family uh, of the woman I'm married to, Anna Dorta. And I guess she needed to approve of me in her own way. Uh, but she served this lunch and it was like rock fisk with coffee. It was <laughs> like imagine fermented raw fish and like some other fishes and meats with coffee. It was disgusting. Coffee and milk. So um, coffee, coffee is the only, yeah. So like you can't wash anything down. Yeah. My, my oh. beverage choice choices were coffee and milk. So uh, anyway, needless <laughs> to say, I powered my way through the meal and no somehow oh got the approval. But uh, yeah, it was gross. And, and now you're married. All, and all I do is eat some fermented raw fish and coffee, dude. That doesn't <laughs> too bad. It's not like a dowry or anything like that. 
I survived. All right. That was a good one. All right. Let's do one more question. La- last question. Nathaniel, it's, it's all yours. Take us home. Wow. We're all like, quote unquote, professional travelers. We love traveling. We do it as much as we can. We do it as often as we can. Are you, how do you guys feel about flying? Ooh, my stomach just did a flip. If that means anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't love flying. I also do not like flying at all. This could be very weird. If oh all four of I, I used to get really sick as a, as a kid, uh, like motion sickness. And so I would throw up on the planes every time I would fly, you know, probably up until I was 29. No, just kidding. But basically <laughs> up until I was like 13 or well, 12 or 13. And then I still didn't like it. Now I'm okay with it. Like I can deal with it, but I certainly don't enjoy. I don't like airports like you, Nathaniel. I hate that whole feel of getting there and like getting rushed around and things like that. I hate when you get on the plane and you have like the cabin pressure and it just feels odd. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't enjoy it at all. For me, it's like a means to, to an end, which is, which is traveling. So I've gotten better, but I, I would prefer other modes of transportation if given the option. Um, and sometimes there isn't the other option, obviously, but mm-hmm. I, I've been trying to use the, uh, the experience of, you know, going to the airport going through the security and all that stuff, I keep thinking in my head, oh, this is character building, Jason. This is a character building exercise (laughs) because the freaking security, I don't know what they can't figure out, at least in the States. Uh, Like they know how many people are coming. They know it happens every day. I don't understand why they can't figure it out. I mean, I was just in Newark airport flying to Norway and we were waiting in the security line for, I think it was like an hour and 15 minutes or an hour and a half. It was like, it was, it was mind blowing to me. And it's like that, like just that whole, like, you know, you're hot and you're like carrying all this crap around and (laughs) you know, that whole process is annoying. So actually when I get on the plane, it's a bit of like a little bit of a relief for me. I'm like, ah, I'm on the plane, especially like international flights when they have a, like if they have like the back of the seat thing and you can binge watch movies and I got very lucky on this flight over because like all four seats next to me were empty. So I got to like lay down and read and I was like, this is awesome. So it doesn't bother me too much when I'm on the plane, but it's the process of like getting to that point that uh, is pretty irritating and character building. I used to find flights to be really relaxing like as a kid but i didn't care and i didn't think and i didn't have the fear in my head nowadays yeah i'm i'm uh, i have a fear of flight and uh never let it stop me right like every time i get on a plane i'm facing that fear um i would say my favorite flight was the one that i jumped out of you know skydiving um oh my god (laughs) standing on the edge standing on the edge of um victoria falls uh during kind of the drier season when you can do that and and looking down um made me very aware of a fear of heights it's not like a drastic i panic or whatever but i still have this like palpable sensation of what it felt like to be there and the sort of sudden terror that i felt that i sat like i sat down and um you know it's funny it's like in in planes i i love looking out the window and i love the view and i always take a window seat but there is something about heights and then there's obviously something about uh, just planes. And I think a, I, I'll say it. I think a plane crash would be a horrible way to go. Oh, and yes. that terrifies me. It just absolutely terrifies me. But I face that every time I go because obviously statistically 
thousands of planes are flying and landing safely every day. The odds of anything happening are minute at best. And, uh, and I think it's important to keep a perspective on that. It's still, it's funny how irrational fear can be. Yeah. Um, I want to second everything you just said, uh, just because it, I feel that exact same thing. Like, and it's funny as travelers that we can be so fearful of flying. Um, but, and that seems to confuse some people, but it's just a real thing. You know, I mean, we face it anyway because we love to travel, but, um, I have had a, oh, I have had a huge fear of flying for a long time. Um, and I actually have a post on my blog about this because, because the, there are things that I have learned. I'm going to share these, um, you know, for the benefit of the listeners listening to this, who, who, who can commiserate with us on this one. But there are some things that I've learned over the years that, that help me when I'm, when I'm on those flights. Cause I hate turbulence. Um, first of all, it is absolutely worth every $7 of a glass of wine to get one. If there's turbulence, focus wine, um, focus wine. There you go. Um, <laughs> wine works faster than or beer, which is why I opt for wine on the plane. Just so you know. Also, avoiding uh, stressful mu- movies or music. Dude, one time I was trying to watch this. It was like a zombie movie. I think it was World War Z. No, thank you. I had to turn it off because I was freaking out. Because it's like, I actually turned on Monsters University um, to watch a cartoon <laughs> during turbulence because it made me feel better. The other thing I do is I look at the people around me because most people aren't. F- most people aren't afraid of flying. And so in bad turbulence, people are just chilling, laughing, talking. I'm like, that makes me calm down. makes me feel so much better. Um, I think the number one thing that I have done to help this is I have a friend who's a pilot and I just made him tell me why I shouldn't be scared of flying. And he kind of like just broke down everything for me. And he was like laughing at my fear of flying, which make me feel better. You know, that's like, why are you afraid of like, nothing's going to happen to you, blah, blah, blah. This is what happens. Okay. So that makes me feel a lot better. And recently I just did a high ropes course in uh, Ecuador. And, um, Whoa, I did it because I'm afraid of heights and I was terrified. By the time I got to the end, I was like cruising. Like I highly recommend that for people who are afraid of flights, seri- or flights, <laughs> heights, same thing. But um, yeah, that's a big one. Good well, question. That's, that's yeah. great. That's great advice. I think we all have to give ourselves a pat on the back then, right? Here we are, like, professional <laughs> travelers, yeah. all saying we're scared of flying, except Jay. You, Jason, you, you were... You didn't. You weren't really scared, but all three of us, man, Sorry flying the despite party. the fact that we don't really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, there has to be one tough guy in every group, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. So that that's awesome, guys. Great question, Nathaniel. And I think that you know we had we answered eight well supposedly rapid fire questions. Yeah. Um, I think it's time that we all treat ourselves to a focus beer. I agree. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> It's been it's fun. 10.30 where Travis and I are oh, yeah. <laughs> in the morning. That's it's true. five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> it's actually almost five o'clock here. So yeah, Jackie and I are in the same time zone. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll pull one back for you guys. Oh, well, no one said me and Nathaniel weren't having oh, one. Okay. said it was yeah. 10.30. <laughs> Merely making an observation. I don't I know. See. Yeah. I love it. It's 10.35. You know, it's awesome. almost 11. <laughs> awesome. I hope you had as much fun listening to the very first 
Travel Podcasters Roundtable as we did recording it. Don't worry, there were not too many focus beers drank after we were finished. Had a good time. Let me know what you thought of this format. You can tweet me at Packet Peanuts. You can also email me. Should we do it again? Did you like it? What would you like to see changed? All that kind of stuff. We're always looking for feedback, always trying to do stuff that you like, that you enjoy, and keeping it fresh. Remember, you can get the show notes at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pod. You can get the show notes for this episode or any of the 200 plus other episodes there at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods. A shout out to today's episode sponsor, Tortuga Backpacks. Don't forget, if you're going to pick up a Tortuga Backpack, check them out, tortugabackpacks.com. Use the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capital letters, because that would get you 10% off your entire order. Also, don't forget, you can get our totally free EPOP video series on how to always get the cheapest flights. That's four videos where I dive into how to always get the cheapest flights by texting PEANUTS to 33444. You can do that right from your phone right now. Text PEANUTS to 33444. That will get you on the email newsletter list and you'll be getting that video series. Another cool thing about the three people that I was able to bring on is that all four of us are location independent. That means we can travel, live, and work from anywhere in the world. That doesn't mean that we always get to travel and we never have to work. It just means that we can do it from a beach in Thailand. We can do it in our home in Philly or wherever we are in the world. So it gives us a lot of freedom. If you're interested in that type of lifestyle, check out Location Indie. That's Location I-N-D-I-E dot com. That's a community that I formed with Jason from Zero to Travel, who is on this podcast. Check that out if that's something that you're interested in. And also, if you want more travel podcasts, go check out Nathaniel from Daily Travel Podcast, Jackie from Budget Minded Traveler, and the one and only Jason from Zero to Travel. Lots of good stuff over on their podcast. You can get that on iTunes or Stitcher or Jabbercast or however you're listening to this one, you can check out their podcast as well. Thank you guys for tuning in today. Thank you for the support. As always, for making us the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes, despite some heavy competition from these other awesome podcasters. And until next time, happy free travels. I'll show you Paris.